Uh, today we're going to be looking at um, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy is a book in the Old Testament. It is actually a set of sermons that a man named Moses preached Israel shot his death. In these sermons, Moses is urging Israel to be faithful and obedient in uh, following the laws that God had given to the people of Israel. <clears throat> so, why are we looking at this chapter today? We're looking at this chapter today to answer a very simple and extremely important question. Why should we read and meditate on the Bible daily? That's the question we're looking at. And Deuteronomy chapter 8 is one of the best passages of scripture through which we can answer this question, why should we read and meditate on the Bible daily? Now, very few followers of Jesus would say that reading the Bible is not important. All of us absolutely understand the importance of reading God's word daily. But very few, very few followers of Jesus actually read and meditate on the Bible on any consistent basis. That is a sad irony. The second reason I chose this chapter uh, today is because we're completing almost six months of reading and praying through one chapter of the Bible together on a Zoom call this, this evening. I think in a, in a few days, it's going to be six full months. In these six months, we've read through uh, the books of Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon. We've read through the Gospel of John. We've read through the book of Esther. And we are halfway through the book of Job. And we're going to be reading the book of Hebrews next after this. What a joy this journey has been. Uh, I guess about 10 to 15 of us have been faithful through this journey. Uh, through all the six months and maybe 20, 25 of us have participated in, in large parts of our journey together. And uh, I want to celebrate those of us who have been able to be part of this journey. I really celebrate uh, uh, what God has done in and through us. At the same time, I also want to encourage uh, the rest of us. And so this sermon is again an invitation for the rest of us to grow in this uh, joy of, and blessing of consistently reading and meditating through the Bible. And we're trying to make this more and more accessible to everyone, not just one call in the morning. This morning, we're going to be looking at the entire chapter of Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8. But we're going to read only portions of it. And I've requested uh, Daph to read the chapter for us. Joshua will be sl uh, sharing the slides uh, in just a bit. And then Daph will walk us through uh, the verses which will come up for us on screen. The next slide. <clears throat> and over to you, Dan. Thanks, Alan. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, 
which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of the lord observe the commands of the lord your god walking in obedience to him and revering him for the lord your god is bringing you into a good land a land with brooks streams and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills a land with wheat and barley wines and fig trees pomegranates olive oil and honey a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills be careful that you do not forget the lord your god failing to observe his commands his laws and his decrees that i am giving you this day otherwise when you eat and are satisfied when you build fine houses and settle down and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied then your heart will become proud and you will forget the lord your god you may say to yourself my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me but remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today amen this is the word of god uh, thank you so much staff for reading this for us the central verse in this passage is simply this man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god and each of these four portions of scripture that we read today gives us one answer each to the question why should we read and meditate on the bible daily and so there are four reasons that the four different slides or portions of of deuteronomy is that we read four reasons first to live well second to enjoy god's rich blessing third so we don't forget god and fourth so we enjoy living in his covenant deuteronomy chapter 8 gives us four reasons why we should read and meditate on god's word daily and consistently to live well to enjoy god's rich blessings so that we don't forget god and so we and so that we can enjoy living in god's covenant those are the four things we're going to be looking at let's start with the first thing to live well look at let me read verses 2 and 3 again remember how the lord lord your god led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you and test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you will keep your commandments keep his commands he humbled you causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you 
that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. God's people were just coming out of 40 years of hardship in the wilderness. And uh, Moses spoke the words of this chapter to all of them. And through Moses, God was explaining to them why he allowed them to endure hardship. It says in verse 2 that God did this to humble them and to test them to know what was in their heart. And there's a reason why God humbled and tested them. The reason is that God wanted to teach them that man does not live on bread alone, but on every every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, I wonder, I, I really wonder if there are parallels between the 40 years of wilderness that these people in this chapter endured and the little bit of a struggle that we've been facing over these past six months in the, in the lockdown. I don't want to stretch this battle too much. Um, uh, but, but there's a hint of, of a paddle between the two. And I see two paddles between their situation and ours. And here are the two paddles. The first, in the wilderness, God humbled them to test them to know what's in their heart. To know what's in their heart. Quite often, it is during hardship and trials that what's actually inside our heart comes out onto the surface. So if you're experiencing fear now in this lockdown, it's, it would be wrong to assume that this fear has come into our hearts only in the lockdown. No. The lockdown has merely brought fears that were already inside of us out into the open. We've always had fear. It's just that the lockdown has triggered it and brought it out in the open. I can say the same for anxiety. And as I look at my own life, and I, as I was preparing, I began to reflect on, so what was in my heart that came out? And for me personally, it was striving, the need to keep doing things. Yeah, I've been wrestling with this. I've been learning to grow and rest in God as my father. And uh, uh, it's still a journey for me. I'm growing in this. But that's what came out for me. What is already inside just came out during the lockdown. So if we had faith in our heart during the lockdown, the faith would have come to the surface. If we had faithlessness in our heart during the lockdown, faithlessness would have come out. If we had anger in our heart, anger to God, with God, or disappointment with God, that's what is going to come out. And so, hey, let's not deceive ourselves by thinking that the lockdown is messing with us. No, 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 no. We were a mess long before the lockdown. The lockdown is just bringing to the surface the mess that was always in us. So whatever was our secret predisposition before the lockdown, has become a public behavior during the lockdown. So, so the lockdown hasn't done anything new to us. It just brought to the surface what was already inside. Trials always bring the true us. Trials always bring out the true us. And that's why God allowed this trial in the wilderness. And I wonder why, I wonder if that's why God is allowing this trial to us now, to test them 
and to bring out the true them. Trials always bring out the true us. This may be making some of us uncomfortable, maybe even guilty. But let me hasten to add that in Jesus, this need not lead us to condemnation or guilt. This can actually lead to healing because as we see what's inside of us, acknowledge and repent, God is faithful to forgive us and bring us healing. The second battle that I see between the wilderness that Israel endured for 40 years and our six-month lockdown is a lesson to be learned from it. That man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. This is something we need to learn too. And so the first reason we should read and meditate on the Bible that Deuteronomy 8 gives us is to live, is to live well. Man does not live on bread alone. We need every word that comes out from the mouth of the Lord to live and live well. The Bible is the only place where every word that ever came out of the mouth of the Lord is recorded for us. And so we cannot live on bread alone. We need the Bible, which is the whole word of God, to even live. We cannot live in defiance of this truth. Now, I can assure you that no one has died because they have not read the Bible. And if you're not reading the Bible regularly, don't be afraid. No one's going to die if they don't read the Bible. That's not the question. But the question is not whether we die or not. The question is, can we live apart from the word, every word that comes from the mouth of God? Can we indeed live without the word of God? That's the question. Let's, let's be honest here. If we're not really enjoying God's word, are we really happy with our life? lives? Are, are you satisfied? Do you think you're living your life to your fullest potential? Are you doing justice in your own estimate to the full talent that God has invested in you? I don't think the answer is going to be yes if you're not really enjoying God. No. Hypothetically speaking, let's say if some of us say, I'm not reading God's word, but I am still enjoying life to the fullest. I'm still uh, uh, living up to my full potential. Now, even if you are doing that, let me ask you, is the world going to give you all the reward that you deserve? Is it a fair world out there? Imagine, even if we are living perfectly to our fullest potential, is this fallen world going to recognize us and give us the reward that we, that we deserve for our actions? Again, the answer is no. So can we really live life to the fullest by ourselves? No. Which is why the first reason we should read the Bible and meditate on the Bible daily is to live. Is to live and live well. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Hey, there's nothing spiritual about this. I'm not giving spiritual reasons. This Bible is not, this chapter is not giving me a spiritual reason. Yes, there are spiritual reasons, but it's talking even to just live and live well. We need God's word. 
Now, we all know that bread is not the, um, bread is food that sustains the body, but we also need bread for the soul. Bread for the soul includes things like approval, success, recognition, job satisfaction, joy, love, truth, beauty. Our soul needs all of these things. And these are good things that, that God has given us. But we cannot live on this alone. Our soul cannot live on this bread alone. Our soul to need, too needs every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. How many of us can make life happen with one meal a day? sorry, one meal a week, right? Life is just not going to work. And so if the only meal that we're having of God's word is the Sunday sermon, hey, life is going to be hard for us. And so the question is, how have we been living? If we are living on bread alone, we can never be truly deeply fulfilled. We need every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. We need to read and meditate on the Bible to shape our lives. So that's the first reason Deuteronomy 8 gives us on why we should read and meditate on God's Word. To live. To live well. The second reason this chapter gives us on why we should read and meditate on the Bible consistently is to enjoy God's rich blessing. Look at verses 6 to 8. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him, for the Lord your God is going to bring you into a good land. The word for that connects verses 6 and 7 is the key here. It says, observe the commands of the Lord, for the Lord is going to bless you and bring you to a good land. Remain in the word because God is going to bless you. We need God's word to enjoy God's blessing. That's a simple truth. We need God's word to enjoy God's blessing. We cannot enjoy God's blessing if we don't remain in God's word. Now, please don't hear me wrong. I am not saying that God is going to take away our blessing if we don't read the Bible. Not at all. I can assure you that if our faith in Jesus is real, God will not take away his blessing upon your life even if you and I don't read the Bible. I can assure you that. Because God's love for us is not based on whether we live, whether we read the Bible or not. God's love for us is based on what Jesus did on our behalf. And it's based on our faith in Jesus. We read the Bible because we're just so thankful to what God did for us. We need to get that order right. So God is not going to take away his blessing. He's not going to remove. But the question is, can we indeed Enjoy God's blessing. Let me put it this way. Unless we are shaped by God's word, we will not have the capacity to hold God's blessing. We cannot. Because God's blessing is just so incredible. If we are not shaped by God's word, our sinful nature is not going to have the capacity to hold his blessing. Sin will rob us of God's blessing. What a sad irony that will be. God is not going to withdraw his blessing. He's going to continue pouring out, but we just don't have the capacity to hold his blessing. Think of a, of a vessel and think of a vessel in which water is being poured into it. And imagine God is pouring the water, but think, imagine that the vessel has a hole in it. It doesn't matter how much water God keeps pouring and God's going to keep pouring, water is just going to leak through the hole. The vessel is not going to be able to hold 
to bless him. And so if we are not shaped by God's word, we are not going to have the capacity to hold and enjoy God's blessing. Think about this very simple question. You know, we live like this. Think about this very simple question. Hey, do you really believe you can enjoy God's blessing if you reject God's word? But isn't that how we're living? We want God to bless our careers, but we're too busy to read God's word because of our careers. We actually are living lives where we expect God to bless us even as we reject his, his word. Can we really expect God's blessing to dwell in us if we don't dwell in God's word? Again, let me emphasize, God's not going to take away his blessing. He's not going to punish us because he loves us. We are God's children. But you're not going to have the capacity to hold his blessing. That's the second reason Deuteronomy 8 encourages us to just read and meditate on the Bible consistently so we can enjoy his blessing. The third reason Deuteronomy 8 gives us to read and meditate on God's word consistently is so that we don't forget God. Look at verses 11 to 14. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Verse 12. Otherwise, this is going to sound very familiar to all of us, myself first. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget Lord your God. Now contrast this, this verse with the verse that Ajit read, us, read for us during the prayer. There the person, uh, Habakkuk, is saying, even though the, there's no crop, I will praise the Lord. And here there is all the crop, and we will forget the Lord. How do we forget God? This verse shows us that success, prosperity, comfort, and pride are big reasons we forget God. It's true, isn't it? How many of us have been indifferent to God in times when life is just going absolutely fine, right? It's true of me, it's true of all of us. Anxiety and fear can also be reasons why we forget God. You know, we, we, we are just so caught up in our worries, so caught up in our fears, that we lose sight of who God is and we forget. That could be another reason. Some of us, we don't outright forget God. We, we really should people. We don't outright forget God. Uh, we ignore God by keeping him in one tiny little corner in the fringe of our consciousness. We keep him in a tiny corner in the fringe of our consciousness just in case there's trouble so we can run to him. We need him to bail us out of trouble. So, so he is there somewhere. We, do, we, we don't forget God totally so that God doesn't forget us totally. He'll never do that. But that's how our thinking goes. We think of him just enough not to lose his blessing. We all do that. But perhaps the worst way we forget God, the worst way, the most sinful way in which we forget God is by subconsciously trying to reduce him to be less than what he really is. At a subconscious level, every one of us 
we are trying to make God to be less holy than what he really is. We are all trying, as Ajit prayed this morning, to truncate God. If we don't read the Bible and meditate on it regularly, the Bible is where God reveals himself. If we don't read and meditate on the word of God regularly, we are absolutely going to reduce God to a God of our conveniences. We're going to turn God into a puppet, a puppet who will do as he says. When he doesn't do, we all get anxious and worried. Oh, where is God? And we, we pray to turn God into a puppet and we ask him, where is God in our troubles? God has fully revealed himself only through the Bible. The full revelation of who God is, is available to us. The full and complete revelation is available to us only through the Bible. There is no other source. And so if we don't keep going back to the Bible to receive, to cherish, and to hold on to this full revelation of God, we are absolutely going to reduce him to less than what he really is. Let me just show this to us through a, uh, through a visual illustration. Imagine this is the full revelation of God in the Bible. And so if we don't spend time with the Bible, let's say we don't read the word of God at all for about a week, what's going to happen is over time, our revelation of God is going to shrink to this. This is one week without reading God's word. Two weeks without reading God's word, we've reduced God to this. Three weeks without God's word, we've reduced God to this. A few months without God's word, we're reducing God. We're reducing God. This, if you spend time without God's word, this is the God you're going to be worshipping, where this is the God as he revealed himself to us in the Bible. That's what we do. That's what's going to happen if we don't read God's word and meditate on it consistently. We need to remember this very simple truth. God is not who we say he is. God is who he says he is. Hey, it doesn't matter what you think of God. It doesn't matter what I think of God. That's not God. He's not who we think he is. He is who he says he is. So if we, if you're not reading and meditating on the Bible consistently, hey, we're going to be believing in the God who we say he is or we think he is. That's not God. God is who he says he is. So if we don't read and meditate on the Bible consistently, we will forget the real God and build a fake God that suits our conveniences. We're all going to do that. We're going to build a fake Jesus. We're going to do that if we don't receive how Jesus reveals himself to us through the Bible. The fourth and the last reason why Deuteronomy chapter 8 encourages us to read the Bible is this. So we enjoy living in his covenant. We enjoy living in his covenant. Verses 17 to 18, the last portion we read from Deuteronomy 8. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he 
who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And so confirms his covenant. We need to read and meditate on the Bible so we can continue living in and enjoying God's covenant. Again, God's never going to break his covenant with us, but we do tend to walk away from the blessings of our covenant. In the Old Testament, uh, there were moments in history, significant moments in biblical history, where God's people gathered together to renew their covenant with God. They did that because they had walked away from God or they had sinned against God. They would repent and come together. And every time Israel gathered together to, to renew their covenant, they always read God's word out publicly. I want to give us two instances. Uh, first, when in, in Joshua 8, again, after this wilderness experience, pretty similar to Deuteronomy 8. Even Deuteronomy 8 is, is actually a covenant renewal where Moses wrote and gave the law to the priests all over again. But in Joshua 8, it's, it's more public. Let me read Joshua 8. Afterward, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curses, just as it was written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua did not read to the whole assembly of Israel, including the women and children and the foreigners who lived among them. When Joshua renewed the covenant with God, he made sure the entire Bible was read. We see this again in Nehemiah, and that's the verse that I picked for the call to worship this morning. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 3. They stood, they stood for pretty much a full week, every single day to read God's word. They stood there, they stood where they were and read from the book of the law, of the Lord their God, for a quarter of the day and spent another quarter in confession and in worshiping the Lord their God. They did it again and again and again as they renewed their covenant. In the Old Testament, reading of the law, which was the Bible at that point in time, is associated with covenant renewal. God's people renew their covenant with him. Absolute truth in our times. Every time, God is a covenant-keeping God. He's never going to break his covenant. But we all know from your life and mine that we all tend to walk away from God's covenant. And so every time we pick up God's word and we read it together, or lead it by ourselves, we are renewing our covenant with Jesus. And I want, to, I want to remind us of what is this covenant that we are renewing. The covenant is a simple one. That as men and women born with sin, we could never be reconciled with God. And so God sent his son Jesus who lived a sinless life and paid the price for all of our sins by dying on the cross. And all the righteousness, the reward, the blessing he deserved for the perfect sinless life of perfect obedience that he lived, he gave to us. Hey, have you, have you heard of this kind of a covenant anywhere? Yet this is the covenant that God makes with us. That our sins are heaped on Christ and punished and paid in full. And the resurrection of Christ Jesus proving to us that every sin has been paid in full. And now the righteousness of Christ has been given to us. 
why would we not want to renew this every day? Why would we not want to renew this covenant every day? The fourth reason, reading and meditating on the word of God is renewing our covenant with Christ Jesus. I want to just share with, close with just one, one thought, just not a thought, just to look back at the history of Christianity. I've been reading it. I didn't have enough time, so I'm not going to go into the details, but I'm going to just give us a broad story. The early church was vibrant. Um, we see the, the book of Acts says people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That was the word of God. And as history goes, the, the Bible was formed. And it was the Holy Spirit who really inspired the Bible to be canonized. Uh, you know, that began to happen. You know, the, the, the Nicene Creed, that song we sing, I believe in God the Father, I believe in the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. That creed, the Nicene Creed, was, was kind of formulated to, to kind of crystallize and, 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 uh, and, and uh, guard the doctrine. Um, that happened around 300, 380. And then the Bible was translated into many languages at that point in time. But then from the 5th century onwards, um, with the rise and fall of the Roman Empire, the Bible was lost to the people of God. I'm not going to get into the reasons. Uh, Sadly, the church, the Catholic church at that point in time, uh, undermined the Bible for various reasons. Uh, And from around the 5th century till the 15th century, for about a thousand years, the Bible was largely lost to believers. And if you go back and see what happened in the history of people in those times, doctrine was completely completely perverted. All kinds of wrong teachings came. The, the gospel was lost. What Jesus died for, forgiveness of sin, was taken away. It was completely lost to the church. What was left were things like purgatory and you paying money so that you know the loved ones who are dead are in purgatory can be uh, escaped from purgatory into heaven. So you pay money so they can escape. That was kind of what the church was doing. Sad. There was a time when the Bible would be changed for, for many reasons. There were other reasons, literacy, uh, printing, all of us was, was not there. But whatever be the reason, for a thousand years, people just lost their faith. They just strayed so far away from God. Atrocities were committed in the name of, of, of Jesus. People went to war. He was pretty sad. And then came the Reformation, Martin Luther and and John Calvin. And people were burned. People were burnt alive because they translated the Bible to English. One saint, one man who translated the Bible, his body was dug up and his bones were crushed and scattered because he had translated the Bible to English. So men paid with their lives. And with the Reformation, the word of God came back. And today, as a... the last six months, as we've been reading the Bible together daily, as I think about this, I'm just filled with a sense of awe. For a thousand years, people thought that only priests could read the Bible. It's wrong to read the Bible. In some places, the Bible is banned as a book. And to think of the free access we have to God's Word, and as a community, we can gather together. Hey, it's not just the pastor, but everyone 
reads and, and reflects and shares from the Bible. What a, what a joy that is. What a blessing that is. I want to close with this thought. For a thousand years, men and women of God decayed because they didn't have, they couldn't read the Bible because it was not available to them. Wouldn't it be a shame that we decay because we have the Bible and don't want to read it? What a shame that would be. If we don't stay in God's word, we will stray from God. God in his mercy is going to come pursuing. He's going to keep bringing us back. He's not going to let go. But what a shame it would be that if we have God's word and we don't enjoy it. I'm not going to appeal to fear. I'm not going to say God won't bless you if you don't read the Bible. On the contrary, I want to assure you that God's never going to stop blessing you even if you don't read the Bible for the rest of your life. If your faith in Jesus is real, God's never going to stop blessing you. But if our faith in Jesus is real, we can't not read the Bible. right? So I'm not going to use fear. Uh, I'm not going to use any of these negative motivations. I'm not even going to use our good intentions. Hey, come on, guys, you can do it. Let's resolve. Let's make a resolution today that we're going to read the Bible. Hey, I'm not going to do that. In fact, I'm going to say that we are all going to fail in this resolution. But I'm going to point us to the song that we sung. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Christ is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us and he is going to empower us, enable us to read God's word. Holy Spirit, we pray, Lord, in the name of Christ Jesus, uh, we pray, would you put in our hearts a desire, a resolve, a faith, a conviction, a discipline, a love to just enjoy your word consistently, Lord. Sure, we'll miss a day here, we'll miss a day there. That's, you know, you know that's all right, Lord. You're not going to frown uh, on us for that. But I pray, Lord, I pray that you would help us to grow, Lord, just reading and enjoying your word. Help us, give us this grace, Lord, we pray. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.